If you want to secure your retirement on your own terms, you need to go beyond conventional financial strategies. Stick around. We'll introduce you to new perspectives for enhanced wealth creation and protection. Now, on to our podcast, Beyond Conventional, with Joe Biondolillo. Hello and welcome to episode number six of Beyond Conventional. Today we're going to talk about more protection equals less cash flow with Joe again. Now, Joe, I've heard this before, man, that people get a little bit concerned that uh, depending on what they're doing from a protection standpoint, that it really does tie up some of their cash flow. So help us understand your position on this. You know, Matt, our core philosophy, we've shared this with you numerous times, is that life with life comes perils. We face them every day. When we wake up in the morning, our feet hit the ground, we're not thinking about our home burning down to the ground. We're not thinking about while we're out with our family that somebody's going to rob our home and take our fine wine collections or or artwork and, and jewelry. We're not thinking that while we're driving our kids to soccer practice, we might get in a three-car pileup and be driving five of the kids on the soccer team to that practice. Mm-hmm. Life throws curveballs at you. And statistically speaking, there is a high percentage chance of risk occurring. And when I say high percentage, does it mean it's 90%? No, it's far less than that. But it's not zero. Mm -hmm. And implementing a sound protection-based plan is an extremely important component of one's financial process. That being said, the topic of today's financial myth of having more protection equals less cash flow is we live in such a cost-thought philosophy of society Mm -hmm. where everything has to be a cost associated to it. And, you know, the first question when it comes to coverage isn't necessarily do I need it or is it good or is it going to give me the right protection? It's how much does it cost? Yeah, totally. Right? And it's the way we're used to shopping. Like when you go for dinner, you get the wine list. Most people don't look at what their favorite wine is, they look at the price structure of the wine, and that's how they determine which bottle they're drinking. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one, dude. And Which, by the way, I always wind up going for the more expensive bottles unintentionally. (laughs) (laughs) But for the purpose of today's conversation, we want to have an understanding of the value of proper protection and how it relates to our financial planning. So when you're talking about protection, let's break that down even more. I mean, you kind of hinted toward it right at the beginning there, and, and this is one of the major... Uh, financial myths that people have been taught for for so long and is so ingrained, as you said, into the culture. Why don't we begin with the definition of protection so that everybody can be on the same page? So protection essentially is putting a moat around your castle, for lack of a better analogy. It's transferring the risk, if you will, which is really the definition of insurance, from the liability of a peril happening, which is a risk to you, onto somebody else. I think that's the simplest way for okay. somebody to understand it. Okay. And for an individual, there's really three components of protection that we need to focus on. The obvious are protection of assets. Why is that obvious? Well, it's obvious because it's one of the only pieces that is backed through uh, law where mm-hmm. you have to have it because of auto insurance. Or homeowner's insurance, as where you can't borrow money or take a mortgage without having it. Other assets are not only homes and cars, but jewelry and collectibles. And, you know, some of our clients have fine art collections or expensive wine collections. And there's also income. 
So number two would be protection of your income, which, you know, interestingly enough, Matt, when I speak with folks who are in the wealth creation phase of their life, people who are, you know, 25 to 55 years old, and I sit down with them and ask them what their biggest asset is, sometimes they often look at me a little funny. Hmm. They often think it's their home. If I were to ask you what your biggest asset is, what would you pose it might be? Mine's my earning power. There's no doubt. And You know um, what? I think I learned that from you, to be honest. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that. We talked about it on one of the other podcasts. And when you said that to me, that was so eye-opening because I would have immediately said my home. I mean, absolutely, hands down. But you changed the way I look at that. And it is absolutely not only just my earning power, but my earning potential. Sure. Number three, the third asset that we need to protect is the value of our lives, which really comes back, and that can be broken down two ways. The value of our life from a financial perspective, of course, could be structured through the income method, which is how much money would it take to replace your income if Matt Halloran is no longer providing the services of his duties because he's no longer here, Mm -hmm. okay? And for wealthier people, Again, the common misconception is to self-insure later on in life, but for respect of time in this conversation, it's the insurance of assets. It's protecting the assets that you've accumulated over the course of your lifetime from longevity risk, which is the risk of outliving those assets, legacy risk, which is complemented with longevity of outliving them and no longer leaving a legacy, and also potential proper tax planning. So those are the three assets that we want to talk about in asset protection for the purpose of insurance, assets, income, and the value of your life. Okay. You just uh, opened the door on talking a little bit more about how one comes up with those values. Pretend that I'm a client, if you don't mind, and um, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about where the who, what, when, where, and why of this protection. So I come into you, um, I only have term insurance because what for whatever reason i've never been properly educated on what insurance really is but would you mind taking me through some of the steps of your discovery process or really what you take your clients through so our listeners can get a greater understanding of expectations on what's going to happen when they come in and sit down with you matt for the simplest way for folks to grasp concepts which is how i like to educate my clients is because if the concepts make sense the details really don't matter they have to understand the concepts and i like to start it off very very simple because that's i think the easiest way to understand and when we speak about the concept of insurance we want to talk about a simple phrase that we utilize in our practice called full replacement value we didn't clone it it's an insurance term full replacement value for your assets for your income for your life we want full replacement value we don't talk we, we don't talk about cost. First, we want to understand the concept of replacing the asset that you have. Mm-hmm. So let's start that conversation very simply with regard to your home. Mm-hmm. Presuming your home is worth a million dollars, and mm-hmm. for somebody as successful as you, it might be worth five million, but let's just say it's worth a million bucks. Okay. And your home burns down to the ground tomorrow. How much would you want your insurance policy to pay you? Well, I'd want them to pay me more than a million dollars because they got stuff in the house too, right? There's no doubt. So the full replacement value isn't only the rebuilding of the home, but the contents therein. That's a simple concept for people to get. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. So you wouldn't be happy if your million dollar home built down and, and they positioned you in, in a condo 10, 10 miles from your home that cost one-tenth of that value. You want what you worked for, what you had, and that's how you wish to protect it. Mm-hmm. We do that with folks with regard to their main assets, their homes, their automobiles, their additional assets. 
if you have a net worth of X amount of dollars, let's just say it's in excess of two or three million bucks, and you've got total liability protection of a million dollars, what does that mean? I'm short. If you're driving your children to soccer practice mm-hmm. and God forbid you were the person who got in a bad accident, those five families are probably going to sue you. Maybe there's social media liability where they were able to track the fact that you were texting people or you mm-hmm. were on Facebook while you were driving your automobile. This is a real example, by the way. This exists these days. Mm. And you lose a $4 million lawsuit. Most people don't realize that your life is going to substantially change. Yeah. Our mm. objective during the planning process is to look at the inflows and outflows, like we've always mentioned, the cash flow of a client's financial situation, see if we can identify inefficiencies amongst the financial strategies they currently have to give the maximal full replacement value of insurance on every aspect that needs to be protected, not only with your assets, but with your income and your life. So how does this impact my cash flow, though? So that's the title of this podcast, is more protection doesn't necessarily mean less cash flow. So help me with that. So I'm going to be better protected, which you and I both agree wholeheartedly that that's wildly important. But there is a fee involved with that. I'm not going to say a fee or a cost, right? Those are relative words here. But if I have a larger output, help me with that. Well, that's the that's where the engineering of planning comes into play. Okay, cool. So again, when we look at planning, it's not just about protection. It's not only about growth. Mm-hmm. It also includes savings, and it's the integration of the protection, the savings, and the growth, and how all of the individual components of one's financial model work in financial harmony rather than independent of one another. So this is really where we roll up our sleeves and have fun, okay? okay? Because if we could have clients become better savers, right? Um, and as we've discussed in the past, it's 20 to 25% of gross income, and they could have six to 12 months of reserves, and this is all accomplished through the engineering of our model, that gives them more short-term cash reserve. By having more short-term cash reserve, what does that allow us to do? Well, that allows us to increase elimination periods and deductibles on things like insurance policies. Hmm. So essentially, you're not self-insuring in theory, but for a short period of time, you can. You can say on my homeowner's policy, because I've got substantial short-term savings, that I'd be willing to increase my deductible from maybe a thousand dollars on my liability or claims protection against my home to five thousand dollars. Now, if you do that, what happens to the cost of your insurance? It goes down. That's right. What are some of those things that you can do with that savings? Hmm. Hopefully, save more. Well, you can save more, but you can also use that savings maybe to increase your protection, which could result in having more protection for no additional out-of-pocket cost. Like for example, if we increase your deductible on your home and you can self-insure because you've got proper savings, and then use that savings to maybe purchase a 2 or $3 million umbrella policy. Assuming those costs offset, we've just provided millions of dollars in additional protection for no additional out-of-pocket costs. Wow. Well, that makes sense. That's very clear. We do the exact same thing with income, with insurance for life, with insurance for assets, and it doesn't always work out, but these are things that we need to think about mm-hmm. and always have an objective of where we're trying to go because there are circumstances that could change and make things be more expensive. But the objective is to be able to have you protect your assets as efficiently and effectively as possible. I know you've been doing this for a while, but I, I've never heard anybody say after something unpredictable happens and they had insurance man, I wish I wouldn't have spent all that money on the insurance. Yeah, there's no doubt. Most people are used to looking at insurance as like Chris Rock's scenario. Have you heard Chris Rock's impression of insurance? I haven't. I didn't know if you were going to roll right into that or not. No, tell me what that is. So 
so Chris Rock, he's in one of his skits, and I can't paraphrase exactly, but it goes something to the effect of, you know, he can't stand insurance because it's in case shit happens. Mm-hmm. And his question is, if in case shit don't happen, how come he doesn't get his money back? <laughs> so that's really the philosophy of how people look at insurance. They yeah. look at it as an expense. They look at it as it's use it or lose it. And most people don't think they're going to become sick. They're going to get into an accident. They're going to die. So they don't think that they need it, and they almost feel like they're forced into buying it. And it's completely looked at as a cost, not a level of protection. Hmm. So if people want to have an opportunity to read more about this idea, right, this, these six universally accepted financial myths, and listen to the other podcasts, and I just want to say this now, if you have not subscribed to this, if you click the, if you click the subscribe button, this will be delivered immediately to your advice. So every time that Joe does a new podcast, it'll be delivered directly to your device. But Joe, if they want to read more about this and refresh themselves or have these six financial myths handy, what, what's the best way for them to get this paper? So a couple of things, Matt. You can go to my website. The financial paper could be downloaded. The myth that we reviewed today and some of the strategies that we feel will greatly assist our clients in maximizing their overall wealth protection are all in there. Mm-hmm. To verify some of the statistics, they could do simple Google searches of what real perils are with disability and the fact that there's 53 million adults that are currently disabled in the United States and what the probability of somebody getting sued necessarily is. But just in closing, society in general is always focusing on growth. We're constantly seeing advertisements and periodicals for rates of return in the stock market and economic expansion. It's typically more on the side of investment and growth than protection. Mm -hmm. Protection based planning eliminates many risks that are real, that do exist. In some cases, they might be certain, in some cases, they're probable. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is they're inherent in our society. And protection ultimately could equal a rate of return should that certainty or probability happen. Our next podcast is going to cover myth number five, the miracle of interest compounding. Today, we talked about myth number four, the simple fact that to have more protection, I will have less cash flow today as the financial myth that we covered on Beyond Conventional today. Joe, thank you very much for your time. Great, Matt. We'll talk soon. And if you have not, again, subscribe to the podcast, make sure you subscribe below. And if you have any questions, make sure that you reach out to Joe's office, download the white paper, and learn more about the financial myths that you have heard for your whole life. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Contact your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Beyond Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. By providing this content, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. 
Joseph Biondolillo is a financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Beyond Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0I32947. Arkansas Insurance License Number 1281376. Submission Number 2023-151750 expires 03-2025.